Hello, and welcome back to the Solutions Insider Podcast. I am your host, Jody Fleming, president of NCHA Strategic Partners. Today, we'll be diving into part two of our special healthcare staffing episode. If you missed part one on staffing pre-pandemic and the current state of healthcare staffing, we invite you to go back and listen to all of the amazing conversations. In part two, we will continue to chat with our guest, Sherry Kolb, President Emeritus of Qualibus, to look to the future of staffing and explore solutions and ways hospitals and healthcare systems can address the shortages. Let's look to the future. Based on your knowledge, do you think that the shortage is here to stay? Do you think that travel nurses are here to stay? Do you think more hospitals will engage with international staff? So really, it's basically like, what what are some of the long-term fixes that you're hearing about, um, you know, maybe in other states, uh, just in your your travels with, with speaking with hospitals? Let's talk a little bit about that and, and what that might look like. So let's let's start with kind of your first question. Do I think the shortage is here to stay? Yes, uh, at least for in the foreseeable future. Right. I absolutely think it's it's here to stay. I mean, we're thinking like 2025, oh. 2030, yeah. you know, yeah. which seems not it seems like light years away, but it's really it's really not. Yeah, no, it's 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 hopefully um before I have to go into my nursing home, but I don't know, right? So, but but the, but the reality is, it, it's going to be here for a while, right? Because there there are um, core problems with the way that we're doing things now, and you you can't solve that in a year or two. No. So you're you know five, eight, ten years. I think we're still um, going to be um, problem solving and making sure that we're we're because you have to put something in place and try it, right? And you know what? We're we're going to have to fail some. Yeah, we are. And we, you know, there's things that we've talked about, you know, potentially the regional staffing. We know that hospitals are putting together their yeah. own internal staffing float pool, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, but that works for if, if you're in a hospital system necessarily versus if you're still this independent rural yeah. hospital out there on your own and trying to, you know, deal with the cost that you have to absorb with some of the travelers, you know, especially if they're specialty, um, you know, you're looking for, yeah. OR, you're looking for, um, you know, uh, labor and delivery or, you know, surgical yeah. specialty. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that there's, there's all these different pieces and parts that you can think about, but you're going to have to try it, let it fail or let it succeed, make those tweaks. Yeah. We, yeah, we can't be afraid of failure, right? Because right. It's the only thing that will lead to success, you know, you asked about the mix. Yes. I think there will always be a place for contingent staff. Um, and most industries do it very successfully. Look at the retail business, right? They bring people in during the seasonal times. I think absolutely. If you're being strategic and realistic, right. Um, and we do a workforce assessment. We, we go through um, uh, inpatient units and we look at their utilization. We look at their census. We look at the, the acuity of those patients, those kind of things. I, I Find yourself a partner that can help you with that kind of thing, right? Because I think, you know, yes, there should always be a mix. Because if you're, if you're hiring everyone, there's no way to give them everything that they need or give them full-time hours all the time because census comes and goes. Um, 
but if you if you're overstaffed with travelers, then you don't get that culture necessarily right. that you're seeking and looking for, right? So there should be a balance. Um, international, you know, Jody, we started talking about international four or five years ago, and we exactly. tried to talk to hospitals about it. And um, I'll tell you, I used international nurses on my nursing units when I ran them, you know, a few years ago, um, just a few. Um, but the reality is they were fantastic. Here's the situation today. And if anyone tells you they can get you an international nurse in three to six months, do not believe them. Um, we work with very reputable companies and we're, we're talking two years. Right. So, but even two years, when we look at this scope is midterm, right? Um, because we're not going to solve everything for the next five or eight or however many years. So international is definitely a way to go. It's, it's, there are people that you're not going to be recruiting yourselves necessarily, right? It's, I mean, there are companies that do that, but wow, allow a partner to find those folks because their success rate is so high. Um, and it's not the travel uh, international companies from, you know, 40 years ago. Um, the ones that uh, are highly vetted and recognized really do a fantastic job in, in securing the right candidates and then helping them once they get here, right? It used to be dropping them off at the doorstop of, of the doorfront of the, of the hospital. And the reality is now the companies that are really reputable, really take great care of these folks and they become part of your community. And then when they do that, their families come. So think about this. You get one international nurse, but his family comes with him. And you might have someone that has an IT background. You might have someone that, that wants to work in dietary or environmental services. It, it just, there's a way to utilize that program far beyond the, the one person you, you, you might be um, interested in. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's something um, to, to think about. I think another thing to think about is um, utilizing when necessary interim leadership positions, right? So, so hospitals are, are very good at saying, gosh, you're really great at your job. I'm going to let you do that and be an interim um, somewhere else. That, that, that works, um, but not for six months or eight months or that kind of thing. And, and you know what an interim brings? An interim brings new ideas. Different so, perspective. Definitely. Different perspective. They have experience. We have companies that bring in folks that have had, you know, great careers, right? And they want to, they don't want to quit. They don't want to retire, but they want to do something a little different, right? And this all goes back to that gig workforce, those folks that are like, you know what? I really just want to make sure that I can create my own schedule. And that that speaks to what you were talking about with those those um, regional pools, right? Right. Exactly. How, yeah. How do we find people that don't want to be employed by a hospital directly? They just they don't. They don't want that commitment. So how do we find them and plug them in where we can use them? And I think that that's you know one of the things that everybody is looking for. What are those those differences? What are as my boss likes to say. You know, how can we be differently better? And yeah. I think that's exactly what, you know, by working with um, companies like Qualivis, that we can think about these things. We can do things differently better. We can be creative with what we're doing and how we're doing it. We are going to have to be really creative when it comes to 
workforce and solving problems when it comes to shortages, solving problems when it comes to resiliency, when it comes to safety in a workplace environment, you know, all the things. Because, you know, if you don't have all of these pieces and parts of workforce, the flexibility on top of that, then you're not going to be able to fill the pipeline because this is what, you know, the future holds for staffing in a hospital. It has to have all these components, the safety, the resiliency, you know, thinking about the flexibility, making sure your employees, you know, mentally are safe, physically are safe. They're there to be able to take care of the patients. We're going to have to have those that partly traveling staff, partly international staff. We're going to have to have flexible type work schedules that, you know, maybe somebody's working three days there at the hospital. And I'm just, you know, I'm making stuff up because I've never worked <laughs> in the hospital. But then there's two days where they get to do like remote patient monitoring for a patient in a hospital at home setting. There's all these different ways that we can can bring yeah. creativity into, into a staffing model. So I think that that's really, we, you know, we look at this as, you know, it was a problem during, uh, during COVID. Mm-hmm. So now with those problems brings the opportunity to think about things in a whole different light. And yeah, absolutely. You know, hospitals kind of get stuck in that rut of everybody's going to work just 12 hour shifts and, you have to work every other weekend. And, you know, we saw some creative things during other shortages like Baylor plans. Right. You know? And we saw things like job sharing. Like, let's let's face it, 90 to 92 percent of like the nursing profession is still female. So we have to deal with that as a reality. And and so how do we make sure that they have time for their families Um you know, hand, manage their children. Um, and, and so I, I think being more creative um, in the way that we create these schedules is, is a key way. I remember there was a time uh, during my nursing um, leadership role, um, I was running a unit and I had, my, my staff did self-scheduling long before there was self-scheduling. And they were, they, they said, okay, four eights, six, twelves, tens. However, get every day covered. And we were one of the few med surge units that didn't use the float pool. Um, Rarely. They covered each other. I think we've got to get that back. You know, Jody, this why piece, right? So some of my best friends that I have right now, not including you and Alex, but some of my best friends that I have right now were people that I worked as a bedside nurse with in the hospital. How do we get that back? You know, when someone's somewhere, you know, three days a week, um, it, it's, it's hard to establish those long-term relationships. That's what people are missing, right? I think that's one of the things that, that we could work on as well. How do we make sure that we are creating teams right, and that people feel supported by one another um, and, and they'll go to bat, right? They'll, they'll, they'll do that. So I think job shares looking at uh, creative scheduling, and, you know, ERs have kind of done this. They, they, you know, they looked at multiple different kinds of shifts. You know, most childcare facilities in the United States don't open until seven. Well, what's the first shift for a, a morning nurse? 
they're there at 630. Who's dropping off their kids, right? So we've got to think about how to problem solve these things for them. Why aren't our shifts eight to eight? I don't know. And I'm not saying they should be. Right. What I'm saying is, you know, maybe it's easier for one nurse to uh, go in at eight because she's, she's, she or he is getting their kids off to school and then they'll stay till eight because they've got family members that can possibly pick them up. Right. So I I don't know, but we've got to, we've got to ask questions. We've got to figure out why there continues to be this, um, this challenge to getting the shifts filled. And we've got to bring the joy back. We've got to make sure that nurses are prepared. And this kind of goes back to that university piece, prepared for what they're walking into. Yes. Um, because most hospitals hire new grads, but then they put them in, you know, a six week to a 12 month um, residency program or preceptorship program or something like that. You know, how do we, how do we, um, how do we help hospitals figure all that out? And how do we help universities um, with uh, helping nurses come out more prepared for what is the real world? Right. And, and uh, I, I totally agree with that, Sherry, because um, that's that's some of the conversation that we have heard um, across the state of North Carolina. So that brings me a couple of last points. Um, so, you know, how can somebody engage with Qualvis and then somebody who's already engaged with Qualvis, you know, how can they, you know, use your services more? And I think you touched on a little bit of that in you know some of the previous things that you've said was, you know, the strategies, you know, really being very strategic along a partner like Qualvis to think through things like staffing models, to think through things like, you know, how do we better prepare those new grads? that are coming straight out of school. So can can you uh, talk a little bit about that? And, you know, how can somebody work directly with Qualvis to make those improvements? You know, thanks so much for asking. You know, the reality is Qualvis is here to serve. And again, the thing that makes us different is we were created by and for hospitals. So we we speak hospital. Um, we, we speak hospital association. Um, and, and we believe in the bigger mission, right? It's part of the reasons I think that those 27 state hospital associations have endorsed us, right? The state hospital associations are um, there, but for their members, right? Everything they do centers around that. And so I think, you know, you, you, they can reach out directly to NCHA strategic partners. They can reach out to me. They can reach out to Joe Dunmire. They can reach out to their account manager if they're current hospital working with us. I hate using the word client. If they're a current member um, that is utilizing uh, Qualivis' services, let's make sure they're getting the most. Let's start there. Let's make sure they're getting the most out of that relationship. And if they feel they want better reporting, they want to make sure their fulfillment is on task. Let's make sure that we're having those kinds of conversations. We want to make sure the quality of the people coming from these multiple agencies um, is, is on par. And, and we want to make sure that we put people so good in there that the hospitals want to hire them and we don't charge anything for that, right? right? We want to convert those travelers from those multiple agencies into those hospital systems as core staff. Um, or if they're going to travel, let them go somewhere else and figure out, hey, maybe it was much better over here. So they'll come back. 
you know? So I, grass I think it's not always greener, right? The grass is not always, sometimes <laughs> there's no grass at all. That's um, true. But, but the, the reality is um, really, if you're a current client, please make sure you're talking to your account manager, your program management person, or your client services person. If you're interested in Qualibus, um, Jody, you and I <laughs> Um, are wonderful. Um, and I know that you guys um, talk to your members about us and we appreciate that so much. And we're happy. We're happy to come on site. We're happy to do a virtual call. We're happy to do whatever we need to do. I think the other thing that hospitals are really going to be looking for right now that we can help them with is I mentioned that workforce assessment, a staffing plan, you know, if they want to set up their own central staffing office, these are the kinds of things that we have experience in that we can really help with. As a matter of fact, I was on that internal call. Um, I think that was yesterday. Might, might've been Monday, but this week, it was this week. Um, and we were talking about virtual nursing. You know, are there companies that we can go out and vet? Because here's what happens. You get bombarded with all these different companies want to talk, wanting to talk to you. How are you going to know who the best ones are? Allow a company like Qualibus who's been doing this for 20 years, find the best. And then and we won't find one. We're not known for that. We're not, this is your one and done kind of company like international. We have six yes. and, and we have two different models within that international um, world, right? We have the direct and the indirect. Most people have throughout their career worked with the indirect. We've got a great partner on the direct side. And so how do we make sure that all the hospitals all the members of NCHA and, and strategic partners know who we are. And we can just, we'll be a resource. If we can give you data relative to what's happening um, regionally, nationally, in North Carolina specifically, we're happy to do that. We want our hospitals to make the most informed decisions that they can. And so we're willing to share um, everything that we have um, within our systems, within our scope, uh, with any of your members. And, um, you know, we appreciate always being included in the annual meetings and, and your, your I can't remember if y'all call them societies or affiliate groups or PMGs, you know, and that's part of the beauty too of working with hospital associations is we know that we know that, that those groups are paramount to the success of their hospitals. So we're, we're happy to, to talk about those things. But I think it starts with conversations, right? I, I rarely walk into a meeting with a PowerPoint um, as the, the first time I meet people. I just want to sit down and listen. I want to hear what their pain points are. I want to ask them what they're doing now and what do they like about that? But then what would they change? Right. If they could, right? And again, all this... Um, was created by and for hospitals. So we always have the hospital's um, interest, best interest um, at heart. Well, I, I, I do appreciate all, all of those things. And I have sat in meetings with you and with others from Qualivis. And, you know, one of the things that j recently um, that Qualivis is known for, and so I have to say this before we end, is that, you know, what Qualivis does is they want to help you not have the travelers in there if possible, but we know that that's not the reality, but if we can make it more affordable and we can tell yeah. you, say, Hey, we need to change the bill rate or we need to change something, then that's what we're going to do. And so I think that that's one of the, the biggest 
um, differentiators between Qualivis and some of the other companies that are out there. So, you know, Jody, I call that plug a nurse and, and I do not want to be the plug a nurse company out there. I really do want hospitals that are utilizing hundreds, um, some close to a thousand uh, travelers to really find ways to help them reduce that and use them um, more appropriately. Um, and then also to your point, Thank you for bringing up the fact that we started in January of this year talking to our hospitals, not our hospitals approaching us, but us approaching them on, hey, let's let's start getting these rates right. going back down in the right direction. We're not quite where we were pre-pandemic, but we're moving that direction. And it's always guided by the hospital. We don't set the rate. And I think that's one thing to keep in mind. It's always conversational, right? We are there as a consultant. So that that hospital says, hey, I really need to fill these jobs. So I want to do these things. Or, hey, we've got an initiative to, to do this. And so how do we help them get to that, that goal? So it's really always driven by the hospital's desires and right. where they want to be. We just want to be the, um, the thought leader that hopefully they've partnered with. And, and I think that's exactly what Qualivis has become. So Sherry... I really want to thank you so much um, for taking time to talk today. Um, I hope it's been as beneficial for you as it has been for me and our listeners. I just really enjoy having the conversation um, and and learning more and just hearing your passion about this and how you how you share it um, each and every time we have a conversation. So I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I look forward to seeing you in the very near future. And um, again, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. It sounds great. And, and I appreciate you and your entire team of folks. And it's always a pleasure. State associations have my heart, just like hospitals do. And I always want to see them succeed because their mission is so wonderful. It's so great. Um, we, we appreciate the opportunity for the partnership and the friendship. Absolutely. Mission-driven organizations working with mission-driven organizations. Thank you so much, Sherry. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Solutions Insider, brought to you by NCHA Strategic Partners and co-produced by Healthcare Experience Foundation. If you want to learn more about our solutions, please visit ncha.org slash strategic partners.